Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Okay, uh, maybe you don't want positivity, and I'm not here to sell you any type of, you know, he, well, here's the optimistic take. Maybe you just want to hear, oh my God, what are the Raptors doing defensively? Once again, the scheme fails, and particularly against the dribble penetration of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, uh, the Raptors having a very tough night on that end. I understand why that's what people might want to hear. And also why they want might want me to belabor that point and say, Nick Nurse, what the hell are you doing? Why are you sticking to this scheme? It clearly doesn't work. Quit pulling off the corners, the dig downs. Teams are prepared for it. They know what's happening. Role players, they know exactly where their shots are going to come from. That extra level of preparedness from the stars to make the passes and the role players to know shots are coming to them is actually providing an extra level of efficiency for these teams. Something like that, maybe. But... Teams aren't shooting that well in the corners against the Raptors this year. Maybe they will going forward. And it has worked in other games. So I'd give it an extra run on the track, I guess, before I completely go ballistic on this scheme. But they also ran it not as aggressive last year, but they did run very similar things last year. And I was not a fan then. I'm still not a big fan of it. And I do think in this game, if they were playing a more conservative scheme, particularly because they had a lot of offensive synergy in pockets of the game. Pascal Siakam, OGN, and OB, Fred Van Vliet, all having runs that were, I think, defined by their own play. And they were all separate. And of course, there was interplay between those three and each of them, and Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. in particular, plugging in as necessary. Gary Trent and Scotty, I think, towards the end of the game, both of them struggled to hit shots. But in the earlier parts of the game, I think they succeeded in helping alleviate the pressure that Pascal, OG, and Fred felt. But the Raptors, I think offensively in this game, they didn't really need that huge extra boost in transition. They were getting a lot of stuff in the half court despite, you know, a bit of a lull from time to time. And this was a game where the Raptors definitely would have benefited from a more conservative coverage against the Trailblazers. And Dame and CJ really made them pay for it. It's it's a tough game, and it's tough to see a team that has so many good defenders representing them on the roster continue to overhelp. Like if OG Ananobi is in isolation defense against Damian Lillard, you don't need to really help. 
every once in a while, maybe if there's a blow by or something, but you don't really need to help. You can allow him, you know, buckle in for the possession. Make sure you're diligent about who your check is. Don't let a back cut get around you or whatever. Don't let a guy sprint into open space and see what OG can do. That is very tempting if I were the coach, which I'm not, and I know way less than Nick Nurse. I know way less than every single person on that staff and every single person on any NBA staff. So take this with a grain of salt, of course. Well, you already know that. Nobody wants me to coach the team. The online petition has not been signed by anybody besides myself. And I'm not doing it because it's what I want. I just want that salary. I just want that contract. Okay. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is there are things I would do differently defensively, but I still, you know, as a person who analyzes and covers this team, I wouldn't bury this scheme yet. There are things that have to get better. And it's quite clear that guys like Scotty Barnes, they do not operate super well in this scheme. And when they're getting steals and when he's near the ball, yes, but off the ball, defending in space, that kind of stuff, just not working out so well. And when he and somebody else who is less inclined to team defense are defending the same action or in the same pocket of off-ball defense, things can get really hairy really quickly. And not to mention some of these possessions guarding Dame where he jumps way too close like and gives Dame a lane immediately. You don't want to give Dame a lane because Dame knows what to do with a lane. And we saw that game, like every possession, possession in and possession out in this one. And the Raptors, for what it's worth, they, you, they clearly, they tried in this game. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mileage on the defense in this one. You can see there was effort, but it's it's a hard thing to pull off, especially against two guards like Dame and CJ who are getting into the teeth, who are making the reads, and the not only they, but the other players on the team are shooting the hell out of the ball. There's just no remedy for that given the Raptors' current scheme. And that's that's what lost them the game tonight, to be fair. Was there a chance that they could have won at the end with better offensive production and maybe Scotty Barnes a little bit, I don't know, not as eager to take every possession unto himself? Yes, perhaps. But, you know, Freddie, you know, were, did they even deserve to be in the game because it took like this insane torch job from Freddie where would he have like eight points in the span of like, I don't know, 36 seconds or something to get the Raptors back into it? Like, they just weren't keeping pace, similarly to the Detroit game where the threes were raining down, although the types of shots that the Detroit was making were not as easily earned. They were just one-pass-away triples, and in this game, Portland was just eviscerating the Raptors' defense. In fact, Dwayne Casey even had a quote today where he said that we're not as bad as we played tonight, but we're also not as good as we played against Toronto. Like, acknowledging that they shot way above their heads in that game, but... Yeah, this game was lost on the defensive end of the floor. And I'm pretty much done talking about the defense. They failed on many occasions, and I just want to let that's out there. This was a defensive failure this game. The optimist take, and I am an optimist, is that they figured out a lot offensively. And quite a bit of it had to do with Pascal Siakam being, I would say, far more willing to participate as a screener, as a short roller, than I've seen in a very long time. And he was, and I mean phenomenal in the short roll. Scoring, passing, releasing pressure, 
the Raptors found something that really works. And not only does it work with Pascal as a screener, but it works with Fred on ball too. That's what that's what we want to see. Fred Van Vliet, who is quickly becoming one of the better guards in the NBA. He's just been so fantastic this year. The fact that in this game, we had a bunch of meaningfully potent pick-and-roll possessions with Birch as the roller, short rolling or all the way to the bucket, and Fred on ball, and likewise for Siakam, although far more in just the short roll category, that's huge. That is a release valve late in games. I was disappointed they didn't go to it as often in the fourth as I thought they should have. That was also because if the ball was in Scotty Barnes' hands, it was sticking there. And you can have qualms with that. That's totally fine. But he is the fourth overall pick, and he's very clearly trying to make stuff happen. Uh, Remember that possession against Detroit where he guarded Jeremy Grant in isolation, got the stop, he got the ball, and Killian Hayes switched onto him in like a cross-matching transition. He went straight to the bucket. He wants to impress himself upon the game. And at least that's there. You'd rather rein a guy in than try and push him, you know, farther and farther. That's something that, you know, if they want to be a good team this year, Pascal, Fred, OG are going to have to say, you can defer to us. And in fact, not can, but you will defer to us more often, Scotty. And just try and play more so in the flow of what we're doing here. Especially in a game like this one, where the flow of the half-court offense was actually working pretty damn well. Was it greased? somewhat by OG Ananobi's incredible six three-pointers made in the first half shooting? Yes, to some degree. But outside of two makes, he was getting really quality looks on the floor. Fred and Pascal were both getting into potent spots against the defense, forcing rotation against a Blazers defense that is below average, yes. But the Raptors are getting to shots that they want to, and they're making them. Absolutely, there's some grab-and-go stuff in transition with Scotty, with Pascal, and a little bit with Fred even. But for the most part, I was really happy with the offensive process in the half court, running, I would say, more involved actions. Pascal, in particular, looked like a guy who cared more about how he fit into the scheme outside of when he was handling the ball. That's a pretty big deal, and... You know, a fair knock on Pascal is that, like, sometimes he does look like he's kind of bored until the ball could potentially be in his hands. But in this game, he looked way more dedicated to helping the Raptors offensively in any capacity that he could, be it a screener, a spacer, on ball, whatever. And he brought the full package in this game, honestly. And I think that the there's two guys in this game, honestly, well, even three probably, is that OG Ananobi, Pascal, and Gary Trent Jr., they all did a pretty good job of picking their spots in this game and not forcing it otherwise. And Gary Trent Jr., especially in the first three quarters, because the fourth quarter wasn't his best from an offensive uh, shot-making point of view. But as far as the process, it was about the same as the rest of the game too. And just being able to plug in and provide shot-making, Albeit it wasn't on the easiest looks, but Gary Trent Jr. doing that the way that he did in this game, extremely valuable and helped, you know, obviously raise the floor of the offense in this one and the ceiling. It's just good shot making and it's efficient and it didn't come at the expense of anybody else. It was he was saving some possessions late in the clock. He was getting open, forming up off of drives. He was getting out in transition. He's not taking touches or possessions away from anybody, not in the slightest. He's just plugging in, hitting shots. That, that was really nice to see. And Pascal, too. 
a, a wonderful conduit offensively, a connective piece on a bunch of plays. That's why the assists ballooned early, even though he wasn't getting as many touches as I as I would have liked in the fourth quarter. I did not like how little he was involved. But early on, I mean, the they weren't scoring baskets without the ball touching his hands on an offensive possession. He was either f- making the right read after an advantage or he was creating an advantage and then making the right read. That's something I talked about with Lewis Sassman is extending the advantage, creating the advantage, finishing the advantage. And Pascal at all three in this game, I think, was just phenomenal. And then OG, he didn't hit any threes in the second half. It would have been really nice if he did, obviously. That would have been super awesome. But his offensive process in this game was fairly good until he started settling into those fadeaways. We saw it a couple times in this game where he goes right into the middle of the paint and he leverages his strength. And he's absurdly strong. He can leverage that against guys bigger than him and certainly against guys who are smaller than him. We saw a couple fadeaways against more diminutive players. He has to try and rely on his strength and he has to work on balance so that when he has players in compromised positions, he can take advantage of them and he doesn't have to give up an advantageous spot so that he can get more comfortable away from those close spaces. Guys like Jimmy Butler, for example, who Hoop Goose brought up and I've talked about in bouncing around minute basketball, all my other uh, stuff that I work on that's more league-wide, you know, Jimmy Butler is so good in the tight spaces. He's so comfortable with six guys breathing down his neck and he can still... In, in a tight window, he'll make a play. And he's more comfortable in them because he's so strong and he has great balance. This is something that OG can look to adopt and emulate. Obviously, it's not going to be the exact same thing, but there's a bunch there to take away from. And this game, offensively, I, I was really, really happy with the process. It did not leave me wanting. Was there a lull? Yes, absolutely there was. Did it come when they tried to saddle Scotty with, and Scotty and OG, I should say, with the creation burden? Yes, it did. Absolutely it did. They they stuck him with Cam, Delano, and Svi. And that, that didn't go very well. You probably have to keep one of Pascal or Fred on the floor at all times. And it's, you know, they played 40 minutes and 39 minutes. The starting five, you know, Gary, Pascal, Barnes, Fred, OG, None of them played less than 39 minutes, and two of them played over 40. It was a huge ask of what they were being like, hey, we need minutes if we're going to win this game. And Nurse, he pressed them. He obviously wanted this one. He thought it was within reach, which it was. And that that defense, man, it, it was tough for them to keep up down the stretch because credit to the Blazers, made great reads, shot well. Like 16 of 36 from downtown is really nice. And the Raptors on the other side of things, I thought did a fantastic job of handling Nurkic, but they opted, the Blazers that is, they opted for Larry Nance Jr. down the stretch. And Larry Nance Jr. is a very intelligent mover. He has terrific feel. He fit into a lot of what they were doing, and he was finding a lot of the soft spots. Seven seven of seven from the floor, 15 points, had a couple important rebounds, you know, just cleaning up the defensive glass. And, of course... Larry Nets Jr. can pass a little bit. He can he can grease the wheels of the offense for Dame, for CJ. And that's that's what the Blazers went to, and that really helped them, I think, uh, down the stretch. The most important takeaway from this game, in a loss even, is that we saw a short roll where Fred was on ball, 
Pascal short rolled after setting a screen and Scotty had a baseline cut and you know, Pascal found him with the lay down. It was a bucket. I've been saying, and I've saying this in the, like the preseason and I've said it basically every single weekly podcast because we talk about this kind of stuff. And I've been saying, I just am waiting for Pascal on the short roll and a lob to Scotty who's cutting baseline. And we didn't get the lob, but it was there. The play that I've been pining for. The, basically, that play is like the distillation of my optimism for Scotty and Pascal working together. Is that type of, you know, that playmaking verve. And it could be it could be the inverse, right? Like Pascal could catch a lob from Scotty on the short roll too because Scotty's been great on the short roll. And that playmaking verve that both of them have, at, you know, not only playmaking for others, but playmaking for themselves as cutters, as movers off ball. And I just think that's a possibility, man. Like, and we were so close to it. It was a lay down in this case, not a lob, but that play for me was fantastic. It was absolutely awesome to see. And Pascal just, I think, not only being able to play make off the short roll, but finding the pacing, navigating the middle of the floor was really, really impressive. Knew when the defense was making that hard rotation and was waiting for them to commit fully. Okay, do I pass? And if it was a soft rotation and they were just kind of stunting, then the ball goes down on the floor. He's got deep post position. He's going to work into a shot that he can make or free throws. That was awesome to see. And that was by far my favorite part of the game, even, even in a loss. And once again, the Raptors defensively have a significant amount of things to figure out. And maybe they won't do that considering they're just starting a huge West Coast road trip. But <sighs> them's the breaks, man. This, this happens every season. This early West Coast trip, and, you know, it has made or break. <laughs> it's been make or break for the Raptors in certain seasons. Like, not truly make or break, but it's been, you know, it's good as a bellwether for perhaps where they might be going. And things have to change because there's a lot of reliance on that starting five currently. And while, yes, like Precious Sachua and Chris Boucher are injured, neither of those guys is like the solve. You know, they, they don't fix the problems of this roster. Unless fundamentally everything I know about basketball is wrong, in which case that like that's really bad and I'm missing a lot. Like I don't think either of those guys completely transforms this team. Kem Birch in this game, I mean, he had a tough time fitting in. Full stop. He's he's been the best center on the roster this year, absolutely. But this game wasn't the one for him. Tough break. The Raptors obviously the reason why the starting five nobody played less than thirty nine. It's because they thought, this is what it's going to be. This is the viable lineup we have currently. And it was. And they just couldn't get away from that. Man, a fun game, though. A lot of a lot of really fun stuff happened in this game, especially for a team where if you're looking for anything to happen offensively, that's, like, fun and not just hard-charging transition opportunities. This was the game that you would enjoy from the Raptors. And it's disappointing that their defense let them down as far as the other end of the floor because I thought the offensive performance in this one was really, it, it lends itself to optimism and like, wow, this team may be able to, to achieve some things on that side of the floor going forward. There's a potential here. There's a ceiling and it looks higher than many thought. That's basically the whole thing. And because, you know, I really like Pascal, and I think he's been underrated by the fandom and the league. 
just so consistently. To see him string together good games. And also OG. Just love to see those guys do it. This game, though, I think is going to be the first game wherein I do not award the Reggie Evans Award. I can't remember if I've done this before or not, but that's what I'm choosing to do. I didn't think anybody embodied his game in this one. So, yeah, that's that's what I think. Top quick reaction comment from DS, a fanta- a person who is always around in the comments, who uh, a lot of the times will have like a, you know, a nice little distillation of the game through the numbers. I'm not sure if he visits cleaning the glass the morning after and kind of, you know, does like copy and paste of the numbers. But every once in a while, I see like, you know, he'll he'll put down the numbers and he'll say, here are my takeaways. Uh, you know, there's some correlation here. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember DS doing that quite a bit. So, quote, why even play bench players? Give the starters 48 minutes each. It's better this way, end quote. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they play a lot. It's... uh. It's a tough ask, I got to say, especially with Fred coming off of like, you know, an injury and perhaps one that could be nagging to just march him out there for 40 minutes again. But I I do understand the urge and the want from Nurse in this game because other players were not cutting it and they weren't even close to cutting it. So, but anyway, yeah, kind of funny. (sighs) Thanks for writing in, DS. Listener, thanks for listening. But where they got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.